We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. afternoon welcome to today's clip kenny today uh, delighted to be back with you again here on community radio 8.7 fm first station in the fm dial of course and crkc.ie on the internet so we can have our listeners from anywhere around the world which is wonderful and it'd be lovely to get some feedback actually if we are getting listeners from outside of ireland or even outside of the immediate area of uh, the city or the county of Kilkenny but anyway uh, that would be that's for another day it'd be lovely to get that sort of thing maybe we could feature people and talk to them all the way across the world particularly coming up to the time of year that's in it and maybe people that can't uh, get home or thinking they're not be able to going to be able to get home for Christmas maybe that's something we could do here on Community Radio Kilkenny City um, anyway that was just off the cuff off the top of the head uh, thought there um, later on in today's show we've got um, I'll be talking or actually playing you an interview between uh, a woman named Lindsay O'Connell talking to Michael Sullivan on one of our sister community radio stations near FM that we hear from every now and again and they'll be chatting about a campaign that Lindsay O'Connell is involved in called Sick of Plastics and it's all around trying to reduce the amount of single-use plastics and uh, maybe focusing on the efforts and the challenges faced by supermarkets in that regard. Quite a timely thing, um, seeing that uh, we're coming up to the season that's in it and the amount of product and packaging and all the rest that will be sold. Uh, coming up to Christmas time of all sorts you, you know yourself you've seen the shelves stacked high particularly wall-to-wall chocolates by the looks of things the amount of huge piles of boxes of chocolates I've seen is nobody's business in supermarkets all around the city but anyway um, we, we'll be hearing that from that uh, conversation Lindsay O'Connell and Michael O'Sullivan uh, later on in the show we'll also be hearing from Councillor Pat Fitzpatrick from uh, Fianna Fáil just um, in relation to an update on uh, things relevant to the Joint Policing Committee, of which, of course, um, Pat Fitzpatrick is the chairperson, so we'll be hearing from him. And some concerns that are, have been raised, I think, at one of the recent meetings, um, probably to do with how things are going and the effects of the pandemic restrictions on people uh, as they uh, pertain to uh, breaking the law, perhaps, or lawlessness in general, or indeed um, the day-to-day workings of the Gardaí. But anyway, we'll be hearing from Pat Fitzpatrick later on. No parish news from you today, but uh, as you've been hearing, probably because of the lifting of the restrictions, um, church services are due to be um, operating, um, uh, I think, from starting actually from today. There may have been some church masses and stuff and services on today. But uh, we will be bringing you some parish news whenever we have enough of it there to bring you uh, later on this week or into next week, whatever. Uh, but certainly that the intention is that we would uh, resume all of that. Now, and before we get to all of that, I'm delighted to be joined. Uh, it's not so long since we spoke to this particular gentleman, my first guest this afternoon, Tim Butler, Director of Services with Kilkenny County Council. Um, how are you, Tim? And good afternoon and welcome. Hi, Morris. Thank, thanks very much for having me on. You're very welcome. As I said, not so long since we were talking before, I think the last time we were speaking um, um, plans and uh, the upcoming, I think it was an impending vote uh, under Part 8 planning for 
the uh, scheme of kind of change to the orient to the layout of uh, uh, Vicker Street, I think. So um, things have, have moved on. There's lots of different things happening around the town. So it's good probably to get you back uh, to give us an update on all of those. May as well start actually with that. Um, the Vicker Street um, project got the nod. Um, I think it's been well publicised as to what's, get, what's been involved. So how is it in, in terms of progress with uh, contractors and work due to start? When might that all happen? Yeah, well, uh, uh, it's uh, we have uh, obviously we have planning in place now, and it's one way coming into town, uh, and there'll be a uh, two way for for cyclists, so there'll be a counter flow for cyclists, um, and it'll be uh, for safe cyclists, so they they can um, exit from the city uh, on the left hand side going out, um, and there's a change junction then up at Tries Gate as well. Um, and the, the general area itself, which is badly in need, the, the footpaths are in quite bad condition there, uh, so it's probably one of the worst uh, footpaths that we have in town, so that, that will be rectified all, all during these works as well. So we will, um, we will be preparing the, um, the contract drawings now at this stage, and we'll be going to tender uh, early in the new year, uh, and we will we'll then hopefully have it completed uh, towards the middle of next year. Okay, well, that's and not there. too bad. Uh, yep. I've I've also been walking around town recently with a young friend of mine, and uh, every now and again we'd take the the route around across the bridge and down and to, uh, around and back across St Francis Bridge, and particularly to have a look at progress on the skate park. Seems to be coming along quite well. A um, little bit of work um, yep. left to to be finished. Yeah, a huge amount of work, I suppose, going on in the General Abbey Quarter and the River Riverbank there at the moment. So you obviously have the brew houses being um, redeveloped at this stage as well, and uh, they're starting work on Horse Barrack Lane now as well. That's the buildings rear are adjacent to, to Parliament Street, which will be a new a new street there. Uh, so those works are fairly well advanced, and also then on the riverside, you have the Riverside Walk, which takes you down by the the two tea rooms uh, on the on the bank of the river and it'll bring it down as far as to Evans Torres across the bridge and then you'll be into the skate par- park as well. So we're hoping that the works on the skate park and uh, the Riverside Park will be finished uh, before Christmas uh, but certainly we will be looking to open the skate park before Christmas and I'm sure that's eagerly uh, anticipated by a lot of uh, skateboard enthusiasts around the town. So and it's yeah. And, um, uh, Tim, where, where are people going to be able to get into that? Because I, I, by the looks of things, um, just from my inexperienced eye, um, like it, it'll be finished, and by the sound of what you're saying, be finished before and well before the uh, the new Riverside Park, so they won't be able to access it that way. Will, will people be able to get in some other... Sort yeah, of they'll be able to the, get, um, get in from Green off, Street. Mm-hmm. Oh, in from the Trisgate side. In front of Trisgate side, apologies there for interrupting you there. Yeah, so it'll, yeah. it'll be down from there and hopefully it'll be open from the Riverside Park because there will be a hoarding going up uh, along with the Riverside Park and you'll ha- have, there'll be little areas that you can look in to see what work has gone on in the Abbey Quarter as well in advance of the brew house being completed, I suppose. So uh, you will be able to access it, I'd say, it's probably a month or so behind uh, the Riverside Park. There's, uh, it looks like there's a lot to be done, but there, there, there has been a lot of work done, I suppose, over the last... Uh, three to four months, uh, so it, it will possibly be a little bit behind the skate park, but certainly access will be available from the Tries Gate, the, the Greens, Greensbridge Street side of it. All right, so I'd say loads of people are looking forward to that opening. Um, all the skateboarders around town have said be licking their lips at the prospects, and hopefully yeah. um, there won't be any social distancing restrictions or anything significant anyway. At least it is outdoors anyway, so it's fine with them despite whatever restrictions are in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would, and, which would be great. 
Absolutely, yeah, and I, I suppose we have other works. Uh, we still have a small bit of work to complete on Parliament Street as well. The, the upgrade of the medieval mile um, there, the, the, the actual um, footpath and roadway. There's a small bit of work to be done at Market Cross, so that will be completed early in the new year. Mm. And obviously, mm. Vicker Street will be done next year, along with Ormond Street, uh, which is one way uh, um, from Patrick Street uh, to uh, New Street. So that will yeah. That, that the, uh, is that is that a, a kind of a just basically? A, I know it's it's sort of the one way system has already been put in there mm. up to the car park. Is that essentially a resurfacing thing? Because I know that cobble lock um, surface seems to be quite kind of distorted in places and lumpy and bumpy. Well, yeah. Well, we'll we'll be making sure that I suppose we we have. Uh, Delineated between cyclists and pedestrians, so that there's a clear, I suppose, as clear as to where, where the roadway is and where the, the footpath is. But we'll be given uh, a higher priority to obviously to cyclists and pedestrians on it. But uh, there is a lot of work required to it. It is uh, in need of a good upgrade uh, and to try and sort out the surface and the actual um, under, underground services there as well. There are a number of areas where the, the roadway is subsiding, uh, and that will be all addressed in that scheme as well. So we're lucky enough that we've got funding uh, through the active travel measures for that as well, uh, which is mm. giving a higher priority, obviously, to cyclists and uh, pedestrians as well. Mm. And just getting back to um, mention, I mentioned that um, the new Riverside Park um, along the, the edge of the brewery site, the Abbey Quarter site, um, what's the ATA for opening that and allowing the public in to enjoy that? I'm really looking forward to that one being available. Sorry, into the where now? Into the um, the the new the new park along the river at the, Ab- oh, the, the, the Abbey Quarter, yeah, the Riverside yeah, Park. Uh, that should be early in the new year. It's it's only slightly behind the skate park, so we'd we'd estimate by the end of January into February that that will that Riverside Walk will be available. Uh, and obviously, we have plans in the future then to to take people um, down as far as Riverside Drive and that the linear walk down there, so that we will we will probably need a boardwalk uh, out uh, over the River Nore just past Greens Bridge. Uh, that will connect back on to to the to the um, Riverside Drive, the linear par- linear walk down there, but that's a little bit away yet, and we will require planning and environmental studies and all that yet. But that is uh, one of the plans that we have there as well. Mm, yeah, it'd be lovely to be able to connect them all up and make a big long loop. I think we've mentioned that before. I know exactly. I was yeah. talking to about the, the uh, an even longer term pipe stream, maybe about replacing um, something the equivalent of the old Lady Desert Bridge Lady, from much right, further yeah. upstream. Yeah, which, um, yeah, do a huge amount, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we, we have, I suppose, planning, uh, we've applied for planning permission for the urban street into the Abbey Quarter as well, which will allow for the development of the other sites uh, on the Abbey Quarter. Uh, and that will include uh, a public, uh, public re- the public realm, which is, is quite an extensive uh, park in front of the Abbey itself, which will be available, I suppose, to people to use for different outdoor events mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. the, the different festivals we have here as well. So. We're expecting uh, a decision on that by Onboard Planola in um, in February next year. And there's also, I suppose, an application in for a temporary car park there on the, the actual Plot 7, as it's called, yeah. which is adjacent to St. Francis Bridge. So that, yeah. uh, we hope that that will come through early next year as well and that we'll have a little bit of additional parking, uh, which is always mm-hmm. an issue around the Christmas time and uh, during the summer as well. So, And mm-hmm. it'll balance. The, the the bus parking within the city as well and spread yeah. the tours a bit I, more when they can come back. Yeah, I seem to remember Tim um, when the when the car park um, and the Abbey Quarter was mentioned, as you say, on plot seven. Um, that initially, it you know, from what I saw in media reports, is um, you know people were looking for uh, coach parking pre- predominantly. Down 
the kind of the balance of tourist influx into the, the city a bit more even-handed between the, the you know the the castle side and the cathedral side of the city. It nearly goes back to the old medieval church-state um, <laughs> difficulties, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But it seems as if the planning seems to be more focused on on cars and not not too much on coaches. Uh, no, there, there there eight, eight, eight buses, uh, which would be ample uh, for for that area itself, uh, and then uh, the rest would be would be car parks. But uh, eight, eight buses is in there, which would be quite extensive, I suppose, in comparison to what we have at the moment for that end of the city. We only have uh, an area down on Dean Street, which would cater for one bus, uh, and usually it's, it's normally used as a, a drop off and pick up, uh, which really, if you want to spread visitors throughout the the city I think if you had somewhere that you could uh, definitely park uh, for a day or half day on that side it, w- it would help to I suppose, spread the visitors uh, throughout the city Yeah, and is, is there any longer term planning consideration or thinking around um, the feasibility or viability of potential locations for kind of the kind of park and rides that you see on in uh, I know there's a couple of places in the UK that I can think of off the top of my head where I've seen them seemingly operating very successfully. Is there is, is it possible or even thoughts around the feasibility of replicating that kind of a model to put park and rides out and further out in the outskirts of town and have uh, shuttles coming in and out quickly to get people in and out? Uh, absolutely, that's all part. I suppose at the moment the development plan is uh, being prepared. It's in uh, the draft should be available for to go on public display before the end of the year. And part of that is um, is a traffic uh, study, I suppose, or a mobility study for for the city itself, uh, or a transport plan for the city itself. And that w- that is looking at uh, I suppose additional, I, I suppose a hierarchy of walking, cycling. Uh, public transport uh, and car being probably the last one that you'd want to bring into the city itself. So all the, uh, the items such as uh, park and ride, um, uh, better facilities for for cyclists throughout the city, because we're you know we're we're aware that there are certain uh, streets within the, within the city itself uh, that do cause difficulties for cyclists. And some of them will only be resolved by looking at measures such as one-way systems uh, uh, that allows for counterflow or counterflow for cyclists and things like that as well. So all that will be addressed uh, in the development plan, and then subsequently through, I suppose, the proposal that we'll bring forward uh, for planning into the future uh, for the city centre. So it'll be all based on that transport plan uh, that has to be done for any uh, any urban area with a population of more than ten thousand. So that can be going on public display, as I say, before the end of the year, and uh, the general public will have uh, an opportunity to make their observations in relation to what mm. is in the development plan. Yeah, will it be harder for you to, to get to engage with the public on the, um, this time round? Uh, potential restrictions. I know in the past you'd have arranged things like workshops and have lots of people in to participate and examine and look at different themes of the county development plan and give you feedback, but that might not be quite as easy this time around, although even though maybe the restrictions are starting to lift just in time. Uh, y- yes, but I, I suppose we're, you still wouldn't be able to gather too many people in, in a single room. You'd have to have people two metres apart. Uh, and you couldn't keep them for long periods in Rome. So, I mean, we're going to have to be a little bit more imaginative about how we do it now. And we are looking at uh, videos and webinars uh, just to highlight to people uh, what what the plans are. Uh, so we are looking at that as well to try and reach everybody, I suppose, and make sure that people are able to engage with, with the process. A lot of the younger folk now are, are much uh, better on, on technology and uh, 
wouldn't dream of coming in to look at something in here. So, I mean, they will look at it online, but mm. we have to cater mm. for everybody uh, who might want yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'm, it. yeah, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. But in front of I, like, and I'm quite comfortable with the technology myself. But when it comes to something like that, because there's, there's so much information usually kind of packed into, um, you know, very kind of tight physical spaces on pages that it's nearly better to look at a large format physical printouts of things and you can get an overview and see all the detail as well but that's just my own take on it but yeah. uh, hopefully we'll be well, able to they will be available all, as well. all these documents will be available uh, in our libraries and in our public buildings as well assuming that the restrictions allow and they will yeah. be available for people to come in and browse and certainly anyone can come in and ask any of the planning section if they have any queries to make an appointment uh, and uh, they'll be able to answer any questions that people yeah. might have yeah. Um, I know I'm hopping around and all over the place with you, Tim, and I hope you don't mind. But uh, I did mean to start off, actually, by asking you, um, uh, had you had any feedback or how the whole uh, disruption to water supply went last weekend? I know we publicised on the show um, yeah. here. I did myself like a read out where the location was going to be over the weekend. So how did that all work out? I'm happy enough out in the country here at the well, so um, I didn't even notice anything going on with my water supply, needless to say. Yeah, no, and I look at likewise myself, I have my own uh, water supply, but um, yeah, the work started at 12 o'clock on Friday night into Saturday morning, uh, last last Saturday, and they, they actually finished in advance of when they, when, uh, they were meant to, and uh, the, the supply was, was back to most people uh, in the late afternoon after 5pm. Um, and what we're doing was putting in a pressure reducing valve, and I suppose it's a measure to facilitate uh, the developments that we'll, we'll have on the Western environs of the Brega Valley, uh, out on the between the Callan Road and the Kilmana Road. So, I suppose there was um, supply was in uh, w- uh, capacity wouldn't have been there uh, prior to the introduction of these, these pressure reducing valves. So they act as I suppose you can reduce pressure in certain areas, increase it in other areas, so that the the entire development there of three thousand houses and three schools in the future would be able to be catered for by that uh, by the, the introduction of those pressure reducing valves. Now, in addition to that, uh, the supply uh, at the moment, the water supply within the city itself is from Raidstown uh, out of the Ballyfile Road uh, and from Tries Wood of the Freshford Road as well. So in the future, uh, Irish Water have planning permission that the entire supply for the city will come from uh, from the River Nore. It will be river source uh, in the Tries Wood plant. So there will be a, a major upgrade uh, to that supply over the coming years and that will cater for our supply for uh, that will be sufficient for our supply over the next 40 years. Uh, so right. plans are afoot on that as well. But this was an in- intermediary job that will allow for the development over the next 10 years uh, and ensure that there's sufficient water supply for, for the city. So while there was a little bit of pain, uh, for uh, pe- the people within the city itself, uh, for that for last Saturday, uh, I suppose it'll it'll be worthwhile in the long run. Yeah, it was short short uh, short term pain for a much much longer gain, as you say, which is uh, which is great in the city, as you say, uh, badly needs it to facilitate its development. And um, just one last thing for you then, Tim, and thanks for taking all the time to give us an outline on all these things that are that are happening. Um, I noticed in um, you may be able to comment or elaborate on it a little bit for me. There was a report in on the Kilkenny Now website written by Colin Bar. The saying that yeah, the council was applying uh, to Mbor Panola for, C- for CPOs for, I think, 10 properties, the vast majority, which I think uh, seven of them are in around the city here, and uh, two in Callan and one in Kilmacow. Um, are they, is that all about um, kind of a way of plugging um, social housing gaps or plugging gaps and waiting in the, the housing lists, or what's the, 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 the purpose behind those? 
Yeah, no, they, they're being developed by the planning section or by the housing section themselves. Now, I'm I'm uh, fairly sure they're, they're derelict properties in most cases. Now, I could be wrong there. Uh, are there certainly properties that are, are vacant? And what we will be doing there is would be twofold. One is, I suppose, you'd be developing them for perhaps for social housing, uh, and I assume that's what they are for. But you'd also be removing dereliction from certain uh, towns and villages throughout the county. I mean, one of the blights on any of any town or village is if there are vacant or boarded up properties or properties that have uh, broken windows and things like that in them. So I'm assuming that's what they are. I did see them going through all right, but, uh, and I assume that's what they are for. Yeah. Um, right. So that, that's what they would for. If I, if I could say, Morris, I know uh, sure. you're, you're probably moving on to someone else now, uh, just to remind people that, and we would have sent out a press release about it, that our offices are, are reopened now, but we are still asking people, I suppose, where possible to, to carry out their... Um, to, you know, to do their services over the phone, online, or by email. Uh, but our offices uh, are, are opened here in County Hall, and motor tax is open as well between 9 and 1. Uh, and I know at this stage, uh, I'd say nearly 90% of people in Kilkenny are, are doing their motor tax online. Uh, but it is opened, open again now. And if people do need to do uh, any business with any member of staff in here, they can ring and make an appointment. Uh, there isn't an issue there, but we would ask people to, to ring in advance. Uh, and also, I suppose, uh, our libraries are reopened, which a lot of people will be delighted with. So it's not just click and collect, uh, they can book online uh, and they can actually browse, they, they get a 30 minute slot in Castle Comer, the Kenny City Library, Ferrybank, uh, Greg Lamanna, Lockboy or Orlingford. So that is open for people again and I know that is a, a great outlet for people uh, who, who like to go and browse in the library. So that is available as well. Yeah, good. Uh, well worthwhile reminder uh, to, to people in, in relation to those, the offices and, and the libraries indeed. Uh, thanks a million for joining us, Tim. Lovely talking to you again. As usual, your font of information and updates and everything. It's well worthwhile keeping people informed. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Morris. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye now. So was, uh, that was Tim Butler there. The, the county council of course uh, if you are interested by the way those uh, properties that are the council is applying to uh, put compulsory purchase orders on are uh, six and seven and eight on upper patrick street um which is opposite the baby boom shop there up and up on upper patrick street uh, 10 black mill street which i think is the old or well old or was a uh, still is Campion's Pub premises I think according to Google Maps anyway um, 11 Tilbury Place which is off James Street a, a bit more of a newer looking premises um, 60 Madeline Street which she has an end of terrace uh, kind of red brickish uh, mixed front house there at the end of the terrace of three or four houses and it's, yeah, it does look in a bit of a rough condition um, 34 Pier Street which is up in the butts and then there's two um, houses two properties in Collins Park in Callan and the old health centre in Kilmacow so they're the ones that um, the council is applying to um, compulsorily purchase and uh, use hopefully for, for beneficial social purposes which I'm sure that time, well past time we took our first ad break on today's show, I'll be back with um, Councillor Pat Fitzpatrick of Fianna Fáil just after the ad break so do stay with us, uh, text number 086-353-7782 of course and we'll be back a couple of minutes just after these We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM Kilkenny Today on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM with Maurice O'Connor. Welcome back and uh, we're off on the second part of today's show and I uh, must thank our next guest for holding on the line there for the last few minutes, uh, Pat Fitzpatrick. How are you? Good evening, Maurice. How are you keeping? 
I'm very well indeed. Uh, you sound as if you're coming from quite a distance away, but you're probably no further away than somewhere up in the north of the county. Well, I'm, I'm actually in Castlecomer. And uh, I, I, I'm uh, in Castlecomer uh, again this evening, so i just uh, taken your call and delighted to join you on the show. Grand. Um, Pat, you're, you're still, I believe, the chairperson, or you certainly were the last time we were talking to the chairperson of the Joint Policing Committee. Um, there's been, I think you've had a meeting of that committee recently, and maybe there's some news. I'd be interested just to hear uh, what were the major items on the agenda of the, of the committee um, last time around. Anything that, that the listeners might be interested to hear? Yes, Morris. Um, <coughs> had our meeting of the Joint Policing, which is Kilkenny County Council and um, on Garda Síochána, and uh, so that was held uh, yesterday afternoon, and uh, again, uh, we're, um, I suppose we're working off of teams, and you know, we had over 30 people on the line representing the local authorities, representing the business community, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, representing on Garda Síochána, and I suppose our CEO, Killette Byrne, was uh, uh, there on it, uh, and also the chief super, uh, which was his first time on this particular, the new chief super, which is Parik Dunn down in Waterford, and we had also our new uh, superintendent, uh, uh, Anthony Landrigan from uh, in Thomastown, and our own chief super, our chief in Kilkenny City, Derry Hughes. And I suppose there was a, a wide range of uh, issues, uh, like I suppose um, the update from on Khan and the crime statistics. That's always, uh, you know, something that gets uh, well discussed and then we had uh, the draft anti-social behaviour strategy which is um, a request by uh, the JPC uh, looking for Kilkenny County Council to draft uh, 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 to produce uh, an anti-social behaviour strategy and that has gone through the SPC on housing. Uh, it came back to us uh, in the JPC and it's now going on for the full council to uh, have it um, implemented. And uh, and then I suppose uh, the other the other thing was as I said going through the different um, um, crime statistics and thankfully uh, the crime crime uh, thank God again has been suppressed quite a bit but you know there was uh, quite a lot of um, I suppose if you take it there has been nine thousand eight hundred and thirty six which is a, f- a huge figure of call for service to Angarda but we must remember we live in a in a county of over a hundred thousand people now. Um, and and that that was it. Uh, the COVID checkpoints, which was interesting, there have been five thousand and thirty-five uh, COVID checkpoints. But um, uh, uh, I suppose uh, the, there was other the other one again down again was uh, domestic abuse um, that has gone up from uh, in two thousand and nineteen uh, three hundred and eight calls to two thousand and twenty two hundred and thirty-five, which is a over thirty percent increase. But the one that jumped off the page as well as was uh, driving under the influence of uh, drugs and uh, alcohol. In t- uh, and we just take the alcohol for in separate. In 2019, um, there was uh, 200 and uh, 314. And uh, in 2020, there's 214. But then if you move across to drugs, driving under the influence of uh, substance, um, there's uh, three in 2019, but 34 in um, 2020 and I suppose mm-hmm. that that was a, a, a startling figure that was jumping out at us uh, and particularly there was yeah, a good bit of question and talk any, um, regarding any it and um, I suppose the Chief Super and uh, the other members of Angarda Síochána gave yeah. uh, you know the update on it and a lot of it is seen with mo- much more checkpoints out there now and much more testing because now they're testing for um, 
um, substance, uh, uh, misuse of substance, yeah. uh, yeah. as is well any, as is alcohol. Is there any elaboration, Pat, the, on, um, any elaboration from the Gardaí as to, you know, what are the typical substances that are, are being found on, on drivers? I presume we're talking mostly about cocaine or marijuana. It is uh, quite a mix, as um, uh, the Chief Super said. It's a quite a mix uh, uh, of substances. But um, it is also, you know, from, uh, from uh, the general public's point of view, it's good to see these detections happening. And a lot of them are happening out of rolling checkpoints. A lot of people know where the stationary checkpoints are, and uh, thankfully some of them have been removed today because of uh, the restrictions being lifted on the, to, on the motorways and that. But now there's what they call rolling checkpoints where they're there for uh, a period of time, and you're going to see a lot more of that uh, right across uh, Kilkenny City and County uh, over the Christmas period and into the new year. So where, you know, there will be periodic checkpoints. And I suppose that's, yeah. that's one thing that we just have to, to, to try and, and, and make sure that, um, you know, the terms are put in place and we don't want to see, uh, we want to see the suppression of um, the drink driving and we want to see uh, the eradication as well of the drugs. Uh, and and Garda Shikana mm-hmm. has been uh, doing really fine work on that. But the other one that was a very interesting one was um, in, 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 20, in 2012, the public order offences was uh, just under 1,967. They have dropped now down to uh, just under under uh, 550. So some of them, you know, the, there is great work being done by both the community and by members of Angarda Shikana. The text alerts and all the community alerts and all that, they're all working really, really well. The information sharing, whilst we haven't been able to have meetings like we would normally have meetings uh, around the county and, and with different text alerts groups, uh, on Garda Shikana and the, the units are keeping in touch with these community groups. Each of the, 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 the sergeants in the areas and indeed in Castlecomer we have Sergeant Root and she's been a, a, a dynamic, um, uh, you know, moving right across North Kilkenny and investigating, uh, you know, whatever needs to be investigated. The other thing that's happening, Morris, and we were delighted because it's been something we've been driving for, is there's a multi-agency approach. Issues now are being dealt with in saying housing issues that we're having has been dealt with by Angarda Shikana and the county council together. So them, all that type of work is now mm-hmm. happening right across the, uh, all the different agencies from the HSE, from Tushla, uh, from the county council, and not alone in the council housing and planning. It's going right across the the, the, the complete uh, yeah, sections of yeah. the county council. I suppose, can I, um, can I just go back to a couple of those? I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of uh, detailed feedback that you're getting um, from the Guardian, and plenty of opportunity to explore them and the kind of the, the behaviours and all the rest and the issues underlying the, the raw statistics. But the two things to jump out at me, I suppose, the um, as you mentioned yourself, the the substantial enough increase in in domestic abuse um, cases that that would be very worrying and hugely yes, so, of and, course, and, and, for yeah, victims. That was quite um, as well, as they said, and that's reported now. So uh, reported uh, domestic yeah, abuse. Reported but indeed, also yeah, reported indeed. What we've asked on the Garda Shikana, and uh, it is happening now right across uh, um, uh, Chief Super's uh, division. Uh, is that uh, the callback system, whereas if they do get a call regarding it, they just just don't visit just to date and uh, then leave it. There's a callback where they want to meet with the person that has made the the claimant and uh, discuss uh, the issue, because sometimes, you know, when the call initially comes in and someone visits, uh, maybe things change a little bit, but when they have to come back and sit down and discuss it, so that's happening and it's very, you know, and it's working very well uh, and there's a lot of engagement. 
but there's also supports again as well a lot of it is coming through Kilkenny uh, County Council through issues through housing where we're hearing about issues in uh, uh, in 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 in, in the, that situation as well. Yeah, so, uh, definitely, there's a proactive uh, well, uh, approach being taken by the chief super here. I suppose you'd be you'd be hoping that the upsurge of that in, in domestic abuse is hopefully largely or almost totally explained by the uh, the restrictions that we've all been under uh, due to the pandemic. And maybe when it comes into this time next year, we'll see those figures drop off again substantially. But um, you know, I don't know what did the did the guards express any opinion on that one? Well, no, they just uh, look at it. It 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 has been grown, and they just look at all they're trying to do is you know encouraging people to report it, encouraging people to engage with them, encouraging people to let the housing section, if they're uh, in the uh, in Kilkenny County Council as well, know, uh, and they will deal with it. But they certainly have committed and they have a specific unit dealing with with with, with mm. domestic mm. abuse. You mentioned Pat as well earlier on. Um, that uh, you've you've had uh, the, the preparation of an antisocial behaviour strategy, and it's gone from to the housing um, committee of the council, and the back to uh, the joint policing committee, and now up to the council for imp- for ratification, I presume, and implementation. Um, what, what what's involved in that? Is it, can you give us kind of the headline? Well, really, we didn't we one? didn't have a uh, we didn't have. Um, uh, uh, really, we just when I say we didn't have, we needed to bring it up. Uh, an anti-social behaviour strategy. It's called 2020. And really, you know, you know, when people are living in houses, you know, there's a lot of things happens in different estates and all that. And really, what it is is our mission statement. Really, is to investigate all complaints fairly, impartially, and objectively, and to provide a modern and professional service to our customers, clients, tenants, and residents who are victims of antisocial behaviour and to work towards the prevention and reduction of antisocial behaviour where incidents persistently to take timely and effective enforcement action to deal with the situation in any residential area where tenants are managed by Kilkenny County Council. And that's, kind, that's, that's, our, uh, that's the mission statement that's going to be going before Kilkenny County Council, uh, hopefully in the December meeting. And uh, there has been hours and hours of work put in. It's a, it's a fairly lengthy document. Uh, and again, I'd have to compliment Mary Mulholland and her team, Leanne Kelly, uh, who was the liaison with our, um, all our public representatives on the SPC and housing. And really, it's to kind of, again, bring the multi-agency approach in here where, you know, like instead of just saying, oh, well, it's noise there, what is the problem here? Is it a refuge in the back garden? Is it antisocial behaviour at night? Is it loud music? Is it how all these things can be dealt with? How they can be spoken to people? And indeed, uh, you know, these figures were going to be produced quarterly to the housing committee as well. Mm-hmm. And also then we have two tenant liaison officers uh, who will be uh, liaising with uh, these housing estates. And if people needed to be called in, as in particular persistent uh, offenders need to be called in, they will be called in, they will be issued with cautions, and uh, action that needs to be taken will be looked at. All right, so the problem the problem then, it sounds from what you're saying, Pat, is, is really mostly perceived to be in uh, in residential areas rather than maybe in in, in around the centre of town where well, there's the, the most lights of the ho- and most cameras of the and all sorts. The most of our housing, uh, 60% of our houses, uh, so uh, um, local authority housing is in Kilkenny City uh, and most of our housing are in, uh, uh, you know, urban areas right across Kilkenny. But this just yeah. won't be for Kilkenny City. This is for the whole county. It's from, you know, Erlingford back down across to 
to Castle Comer, right down to Gores Bridge, down as far as, um, you know, down as far as Schlieveru, uh, you know, Greg Namana, all the different areas. And then we have yeah. divided the county up. There's two tenant liaison officers, uh, and uh, they will be dealing directly with the, the different agencies. There's also uh, a monthly meeting now taking place with Angarda Shiokana as well, um, where um, the executive uh, meets with Angarda uh, Shiokana to discuss issues like antisocial behaviour or issues of common concern uh, to right. both the council and to uh, Angarda Shiokana. So there's Grant. a quite a sharing of information, uh, as mm. in, uh, uh, well, all information is confidential, but there's also, if there's an issue occurring in areas, um, you know, it's trying to get there first. If we need the help yeah. of the HSE, yeah. if we need the help of Tushla, if we need any any particular. So this multi-agency approach, and this has been Grant. driven by the JPC, and this is one of the things that Good. I particularly wanted to see, uh, Brian, and I'm glad to see Good. it starting to really take effect well, it sounds now. As if it's, yeah, it sounds as if it's beginning to take legs and run and, and in with various different initiatives there, Pat. Um, could you mind for the, just the last couple of minutes while we have you, um, seeing that you're up there in Comer, and obviously that's the part of the county um, you represent, and now that uh, we're back into uh, level three again of the pandemic restrictions, we can all, uh, certainly those of us in around the city are um, at liberty to get outside our and uh, go all the way up to Comer and uh, points beyond or even anywhere else around the county for that matter but uh, seeing the chirp in Comer um, just a, a quick one, the Discovery Park up there is obviously a hugely popular uh, venue for uh, for everybody from all around the county and beyond indeed, um, is it opening again? Do yes you know? it is, yeah, yeah look, it'll be, oh, it's opening again and people uh, but people, you know, were free to walk in it and all that and the locals and people out but look at, when you leave Kilkenny City and you head out through Dunmore and you head on into the Jenkinstown is another fabulous area and then oh, you head into know. Castlecomer, you can't but miss now, there's fabulous lighting in Castlecomer, the, the lights were turned on last Friday night, uh, it's absolutely beautiful, uh, the streets uh, uh, even this evening there as dusk falls, the beautiful creamery house there the whole, uh, the square in Castlecomer, beautiful light and, that, and then, you know, to have our, our, our lovely uh, hotel now here in Castlecomer and, and uh, then heading out to the to uh, the Discovery Park and an, an awful lot. Unfortunately, we didn't have um, our festival light where people gathered and walked out to uh, the, the Discovery Park. That wasn't on, uh, able to be had. But, well, you know, it's been making amends and there's a good buzz around Castlecomer now and it's, uh, it's really right. nice. But people, again, right. we are encouraging everyone to, to stay safe, to do what has been asked of them, to make sure, look at the, the washing of the hands, the wearing of the masks, you know, the social distancing, distancing it's also important and everyone yeah. and you know Morris you're no better man than yourself it's, it's, it's all a personal responsibility now absolutely people, I think people you have, have to, yeah. to take personal responsibility yeah, the facilities can be provided everything line. can be provided for people yeah. but we, just, people have to take personal responsibility because we all want to have a nice Christmas we want indeed, people to have a nice Christmas and, and hopefully hopefully Comer the, the park will be open and maybe even Santa Claus will be up there and all the rest and uh, well, people will be able to Morris, well, enjoy I'm the facilities now, I'm hearing something there over the last few days I'm hearing that uh, Rudolph uh, Santa Claus has been having a look around Rudolph hasn't you hasn't got his got to get his usual exercise in so he'll be doing a few runs now soon just to get himself 
fully fit because COVID well, has affected Santa Claus and all the reindeers not getting out for the big exercise. But they're in training now, and they were spotted there recently heading over across the Coon area. Oh, great stuff. So well, I tell you what, Pat, we better we better leave you there. But uh, if you do if you do get any definite news on uh, Santa coming to the Discovery Park in Comer, maybe you just lob us in an email or a text into the we radio station we here, will. and we we'll, of course we'll tell listeners will. about it. But, um, but thanks for joining us anyway, Pat. What we do know is that Santa Claus will be visiting as usual every household over Christmas. Please God. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And here we all that's what we're all looking forward to. Anyway, thanks a million for joining us with those uh, those updates, Pat. Thank Lovely talking to you Thank as you usual. Very much. Take and care. Happy Christmas to you. Many happy returns. Take care. And there you go. That was uh, Councillor Pat Fitzpatrick there, Fianna Fáil Councillor, of course, for the uh, Castle Comer electoral area. See, it'd be great to see actually the Comer Discovery Park be open again. And uh, thanks for Pat for the updates on all of those things. Crime stats. Uh, however, speaking of crime and stuff, though, uh, I noticed in a couple of the Kilkenny People's website and indeed on the Irish Times' website that there was um, uh, this, uh, earlier on, I think uh, yesterday, um, there was a Garda raid on a farm out near Callan somewhere and 27 animals were seized. Um, animals uh, like horses and dogs and stuff uh, in, in awful, you know, dreadful condition, obviously, had been having been abused and uh, a major animal welfare operation underway there to have those animals uh, rehomed, rehoused and uh, rehabilitated, I suppose, as well. So it's, it's good to see that the Garda are actually on, on top of um, things like that as well, because it's awful to see people doing that. I think there's a there's certainly whatever about the horses, there's a big trade in uh, dog breeding and dog selling. And I don't know is that what was going on out there, illegal stuff. Anyway, uh, it's good to see the Gardaí making progress on that and uh, being reported as well nationally as well as locally. So the spotlight will be on on that. And no doubt um, that will be something that will make its way into the courts in due course. Anyway, so uh, fair dues to the Gardaí and um, the uh, local Kilkenny Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, I presume. They're involved also in the uh, the recovery and the rehabilitation of all of those animals. Uh, it's about time, I suppose, we took our second ad break of today's show. I'm going to be uh, back in, in a couple of minutes' time. I was hoping, actually, to have a conversation, uh, to play you a conversation between Lindsay O'Connell and Michael Sullivan from uh, our sister community radio station near FM in Dublin um, about uh, a Sick of Plastics campaign. I'm not entirely sure we're going to be able to do that. However, what we I think we will be able to hear from uh, last from last Friday's show, if you remember, I was talking to our own local auctioneer and well-known character around town, Fran Grinsel, and around the theme of Can He Kick It? Starting um, on Monday evening to do an hour's kicking a ball up against a board on the side of his office there in the, the car park in Dean Street and uh, lights, cameras in action and all down, all going on down there. Lots of people dropping in and uh, people dropping a few bob in his bucket for him. Uh, all in aid, of course, for alone as part of Lord Mayor John Coonan's um, Christmas campaign. Uh, so we might actually be able to hear a few minutes of audio from uh, our own Anne Nolan who visited there but uh, that'll be just after the break so do stay with us and we'll be back with you in a couple of minutes time just after these We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM Community Radio Kilkenny City is here on location in Dean Street in the heart of Kilkenny City We're here tonight to support local businessman Fran Grinsel. Fran is going to kick a ball for 12 consecutive nights here in the Dean Street car park. This kickathon, in association with Mayor John Coonan and the Mayor of Kilkenny Fund 2020, is to raise much needed funds and awareness for three local charities. 
alone, which is an independent charity that supports vulnerable older people to age at home. And their work, they work with those who have issues with social isolation, lack of services, poor health, poverty, homelessness or housing issues. The Kilkenny Lions Club annual Christmas hamper appeal, which partners with the other charity, St. Vincent de Paul Kilkenny, to distribute food and gifts to individuals, families and children living in poverty across Kilkenny. Fran has teamed up with Mayor John Coonan and together they are going to raise funds and awareness in Kilkenny for these much-needed charities. So I'm here with an out-of-breath Mayor of Kilkenny, John Coonan. Delighted to be here. And I'm not, I'm not out-of-breath really, but I enjoy the evening. This is the first evening for Fran's uh, kickathon to raise funds for me for the Mayor's fundraising uh, event for 2020. And all the funds, like I said to you already on radio, are going to the Lions Club and going to a loan. And the response that I've got so far is fantastic. And it's because of the spirit of people like Fran and his two lads here this evening and yourselves and the people that came to join us here this evening as well. That's the spirit. Enjoy what you're doing, but enjoy, I suppose, contributing uh, in a voluntary way to the community. This is what it's all about. It's like your community radio. We're part of a community too. As mayor, I'm just representing that community as well. But I'd like to represent them in this way and to recognise the voluntary people who are doing enormous work this Christmas because of the pandemic, you know yourself, that there'll be people that'll be under a bit of pressure this year. Some people might have lost their jobs in the temporary sense, but some may be permanent and be under pressure financially, indeed emotionally as well and maybe mentally as well. So that's the reason why I chose uh, the Lions Club who have vast experience uh, in the uh, dispersing of funds to people in need and they can identify clearly those who really are in need. Similarly with a loan, they can identify people who might be living alone or might be isolated or in want of a little chat around this time, particularly around this time. Christmas can be a joyous time, but it can equally be a lonely and a very lonely time too. And because of the contributions that are being made to me by uh, precious people, very precious people like Fran and yourselves by, I suppose, uh, bringing it out there to the community through your radio as well. This is what makes it all a success and makes it that bit of, I suppose, fun as well to involve the community in giving to those people who could do with a little bit of help and a little leg up this Christmas. And again, just before I do finish, just again, I'd like to say thanks to your community radio uh, for the contribution you're making uh, to the Mayor's Fund this year because like, I've I, I got the, the, the vibe back from the people of the city uh, and environs as well. They've heard us on radio. They've heard us speaking out. So look at here. Again, sincerely thank you for the contribution you're making as well. Well, we're more than happy to help you and we'll support you in any way that we can. Again, John, give out the details if people want to donate. They can donate uh, by uh, writing directly to me, John Coonan, uh, uh, at uh, City Hall uh, High Street, Mayor City Hall High Street, Kilkenny. Uh, and, and they can uh, donate on the donate line as well. www.donate, uh, I think, just forward slash fundraiser. That's it. So, like, if they do that, uh, I suppose uh, the funds will keep rolling into me. And as it is, I can tell you that the response has been phenomenal. I'm truly bowled over by the response I'm getting already. Well, Mayor John Coonan, thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you. I'm now joined by the star of the show here tonight, uh, Mr. Fran Grinsel of Fran Grinsel Properties. So, Fran, how do you think that went? And look, at I'd kick a ball all day and have the crack. I just love kicking the football. So, went grand, uh, and the money's coming in. So, that's what it's all about as well. It's about the charity alone and the Mayor's Fund. So, the money is coming in, and uh, I have hit the ground running. So, I'd hope to do well now. There's a good bit of commitment coming in, but I'd be disappointed if it's only the 5,000 in total. But... Um, so it went good, good old fun, kicking the old ball, great crack like, that's what it's about. So the mayor came up to kick the ball. Let me just say he was a hurler. 
<laughs> that's all I'd say about John kicking a ball. But but a uh, good laugh. My own lads came down. The three lads were here, Caroline, and, and I was joined by the King as well, which is Miles. I like Miles. Again, whatever he is, is not a footballer. But uh, look, I had a great time. And I'm here for the next 12 nights. So it'll be a good laugh, like. And that's what it's all about. It is all about having... <laughs> there you go. It was all about having the crack by the sound of things. And fair deuce to Fran Grinsell. And of course, he's going to be continuing on with his 12 days of the kickathon. Can he kick it for the whole 12 days? One hour at a time between the hours of 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. every evening down there at the car park uh, beside his office in Dean Street. So if you do want to support him, uh, get down and uh, have uh, drop a few bob into his bucket. Or indeed, just uh, go on to his iDonate, um, I think, .ie page and you can get uh, more details there. Look for Fran Grinsell. You'll find out. That's all we've time for on today's show. Lovely to have had you company on today's Kilkenny Today. I look forward to being back with you on Friday. But in the meantime, thanks a million to Kevin Lee Farr for driving the desk for me, to Anne Nolan for helping me produce the show, and to my guest councillor Pat Fitzpatrick and uh, Fran Grinsell and, of course, Anne doing the report there and uh, Tim Butler, of course, who kicked off the show with me. Thanks very much to all of those and I look forward to being back with you on Friday. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.